Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This week's double feature brings us Abel Ferrara Week with Driller Killer and Miss 45. Whatever kind of hole you need, they'll put one in you. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. Yeah, that's stupid. <laughs> I was actually watching, so um, my, my job, I have to sit through a lot of webinars and stuff. And really commonly, they do webinars on professional development in in my specific field in banking. And they had one where this lady went on this huge rant about how, you know, if you're not early, you're late. And then she said, and you should be working after hours and blah, 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 and dedicated and all this kind. And she gets done with it. And she says, isn't that right? And the other three panelists go. No, <laughs> Ab- absolutely. They were like, absolutely not. This is still your job. Like you don't, you shouldn't be working for free. Jesus. I'm kind of impressed that some people said that. Yeah, it was, it was really funny. They looked at her like she was fucking insane. Yeah, that sounds dumb. I would not want to work there. Did you get told that you should be working more hours at your job, Doug? What's up? Did you get told you should be working more hours at your job? No, no, my job doesn't seem to know what's going on, so. No, 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 Mr. Doug in the hole. Yeah, you're still working from home, are you? Yeah, I think I, like, that's the new thing now. I don't know that I'm ever going back. Oh. Probably nice. America's so now reached really the stage of. I was going to say, America's now reached the stage of go back to work and die, goddammit. Yeah, but that's usually that's that's where we were going the entire time, and everyone knew it. Yeah, yeah. well, they would never stay for work from home forever. They'd be like, no. So we know people aren't working to their full potential because we're not standing over them, making sure they are. Well, it's it's one of those things that I get that some people can't do it right some people are not self-motivated enough that they if they aren't sitting in an office with the danger of their boss walking over and seeing they're not working that they would never do anything but those people you fire see you're missing the point you're missing the point modern rich people it's not good enough for them to do well they also have to be making other people unhappy that's just part of how it is so the truth you know it doesn't matter if if studies show that like a company can do better by paying their employees more. They still won't because then their employees might be happy and that's not good for them. You know, 
there have been there have been all sorts of like Forbes used to do these studies where they would show like little things companies could do to improve profits by actually giving their employees more benefits, and none of the companies would ever do it because they just don't want to. They just it just the idea of the employees being happy is frustrating to them. That's just how it is with modern rich people. So. You know, I mean, it's true with everything. My my job, there's some software that the bank could purchase that's very expensive, right? It's going to cost the bank, I don't know, yeah. hun- a couple hundred thousand dollars or something crazy like that. But if we purchase that software, it would save us $75,000 a year in labor. And they still refuse to do it. And they work in a bank. You'd think that they would understand that math. Yes, but you got to remember that also another problem we have in our society is that everybody operates quarterly now. That's just because that's how often big corporations report things. So that's how often everybody measures everything, and that's how you measure success. So investing money now so that you can have success in the future hurts the current quarter, and therefore you would get fired, and the guy that would do well would be the guy that got replaced and didn't have to do anything to show success in the future quarters. Our societies really work is stupid. Up. Yeah. Why are we talking about this? <laughs> well, for me, it's because I really don't want to talk about the movies, but well, oh. I think, I think one of the two will be all right to talk about. I don't know. We'll see. see. Yeah, I guess we'll right, see. I since, could since, place uh, your bets. Place your bets on which one it is. <laughs> since you're well, so we, gung ho. Okay, I know which I just want to point out for the listeners at home that I had to convince Brian to stop messaging us earlier because he had so much to say about the movies that I'm like, stop it. Stop messaging me all day about the movies. (laughs) (laughs) And I specifically said, save it and say all the things you want to say on the show so the listeners can hear. And now he's implying that he does not intend to do that. Nope. So. Nope. Because I don't want to actually talk about it. I just want to complain because you're the one that picked the movies. So I basically just want to complain to you. Yeah, Doug. Well, feel free to do it on mic where everyone yeah. can hear. It's less boring when I can hear your voice. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Hey, Noah, why don't you tell us about Driller Killer? Oh, fuck. Why'd you have to give me that one? <laughs> what? Do you uh, want to talk about the one that has the no, two rapes no. in it? No, it's fine. So Driller Killer is a movie that's, I don't know. It's it's somehow both exploitation trash and art house trash at the same time which well, is a I weird agree with one of those words in the in that sentence which is a weird combination of things and it's kind of it's about a painter who's slowly going crazy and he starts killing people with a drill end of plot like there's there's a bunch of other stuff going on right. but it's it's unintelligible and, and weird uh i i did think it was funny so about 30 minutes into this movie, I was starting to bitch on our discord as well, being like, oh, my God, this movie's so fucking long. And they threw in a lesbian shower scene. And as I was watching it and thinking about the fact that it served no purpose in the film, I was like, you know what? They knew how insufferable this movie was. (laughs) They knew. (laughs) So they were like, you know what we need? (laughs) We need a lesbian shower scene to really break the tension here. (laughs) <laughs> not the tension well, of the, the film this movie. the tension of the audience watching the film this movie is very much just 
What's offensive? Let's do something offensive. So we'll just say that and draw the audience's attention. There's a lot of that in this movie. And I think it just comes from uh, basically an amateur filmmaker at the time in a in the exploitation era, trying to figure out how to draw attention to his little movie that obviously is based on the idea that, hey, you could kill a guy with one of these. <laughs> that's That's about it. Yeah, I will say this. Uh, the parts of the movie where there is, in fact, a guy killing another person with a drill. That's pretty good. I'm down. I'm down with oh, murdering yeah. people with a drill. It's just all the other stuff. Yeah, it's not terrible, it, but it's over too quick because it's a drill. So it's literally it's just like, Zing! and then the person's dead. I, was, and I don't over. know. The one where he drills into the guy's forehead and the guy just like sits there and makes no attempt <laughs> to get away. Just screaming. Which is really, really funny. <laughs> it's like, turn your head, man. <laughs> All you got to do is turn. It's a drill. <laughs> like, they're unwieldy. I think the problem with this movie is um, pacing. I feel like if he had killed the same number of people but spread out throughout the movie, it would just feel like a slasher movie and it'd be more fun. But what we get is this like really slow build and way too much time spent with the band that lives downstairs or upstairs, wherever they live. Yeah. What the fuck did they pay for this movie? (laughs) They had to, I don't know. (laughs) I don't think anybody paid for this movie. Considering like the director is also the star and I've never heard of anyone else in the movie and they clearly just filmed it on the street without any kind of, you know, permission of any kind. Probably filmed over like a year and a half on weekends as well. Is it? Is that factual or are you making that up? That's what IMDb said. Okay. Yeah, I'm not I'm not surprised to hear that. I mean, it's very amateurish. You can tell that there's like this basic idea of we could kill people with a drill and then just trying to find interesting ways to do that. Um and you know, just using the griminess of New York City to their advantage kind of thing. And just filming in the the dirtiest spots they could find. Um, that having been said, as a first film, I think it's it's reasonably well made. You can tell that like they needed somebody to write a better script because it has this problem where every time somebody like says something, they say it for three minutes and they don't actually come up with any unique way of saying it. They just repeat themselves over and over again and then yell offensive words. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel it's the movie is so meandering, which can be fine in some movies, but this one, it does not work whatsoever. There's literally a scene where it's just him and the two girls watching TV. And one of them says, hey, change the channel. And he spends the next like five minutes just changing the channel back and forth. And that's literally the only thing that happened. (laughs) Yep. And then That's another correct. scene yes. where, where they're they're eating pizza and one of the girls is just watching him eat the pizza and then get disgusted by it because it's nice g- close-up shots of his mouth. Mm-hmm. Just like, what the fuck is happening? Why is all this like in this that, movie? Yeah, because and, they didn't have weird, a surreal story or dream sequences of him just going, ah, and, and with a red light on him. Good Lord. Does it happen? That's all accurate. It's an interesting kind of movie to watch because it like that 70s meandering that I love in Jaws or in Rocky 
<laughs> but then trying to put that into an exploitation film where it's like these two things don't really go together. Oh, <laughs> you know, it's not like we're getting to know the characters or like developing sympathy for them along the way or something. No, I hate it. It's pretty just much everybody in this movie. Yeah, well, I didn't even oh, hate yeah. that. It's, I, I, if I hated them, that'd be one thing. I just I didn't give a shit. Like the two girls, I'm like, is one of those his girlfriend? Are they both his girlfriend? I don't care. I, I still don't know. Like, I have no idea if that was a lesbian couple with a guy living with them or a straight couple that had an extra girl living with them or if there's some kind of a throuple. I don't even know because the movie's not specific enough about that. There's there is no worst insult I can give to a movie other than to say I fast forwarded through little bits of it. In this movie, I did that. Yeah, I, I can understand that. Like the, 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 about the fifth dream sequence thing. I was like, OK, yeah, I know. I know what <laughs> we've seen this. We've seen this already in this fucking movie several times. Because relatively early on when he's using the drill, he's using like the drill and then he sees like the commercial for the cordless version of the drill, which, by the way, I don't think they bought. I think they just used the corded drill, um, but pretended <laughs> it was cordless. Um, but. It's like you're like, OK, he's going to get the drill and the movie's called Driller Killer. I have a pretty good idea where this is going and I know it's on the video nasties list, which means hopefully we're going to get gore, although that's kind of a toss up. So I'm like, here we go. Like, let's do this. And then it's a long time before it starts happening. Once he starts killing people, I'm down with it. I just don't know why we had to watch him go to like a club to see a band play the same song that we'd already heard the band play in their apartment. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only time I was sympathetic towards the characters when they make him go to the club and he's like I hear this band play all day every day why would I go to a club to watch him play and I'm like I'm on his side here I don't want to go either <laughs> <laughs> please please don't make me go to the club sir yeah, <laughs> it's like, I, that's why I did like the girl I was trying to talk him into going she's like oh you got to hear their music I hear it all fucking day of course <laughs> I was enjoying I enjoyed that particular fight between the two of them where I'm just like, I get his point. I see where he's coming from. <laughs> I mean, I also I guess I slightly enjoyed the scene where he goes into the basement to talk to the building super about how the band is being loud 24 hours a day and it's driving him fucking nuts. And the super's like, doesn't bother me. And he's like, you're in the fucking basement. <laughs> God damn it. Of course, it doesn't bother you. And, and then they have this whole conversation and then the super's like, here, I have something for you. And he has a skinned fresh rabbit hanging inside of a locker. Yeah. In the basement. Yeah. Why? <laughs> because Why? the filmmakers walked by a butcher shop and saw a skinned rabbit hanging and thought, that's gross. We should put that in our movie. It'd be gross. What are we going to do with it? Well, Wait. the landlord will give it to him and then we'll spend 10 minutes of him just not even really chopping it up, just kind of running a knife over it and messing with it and then they throwing it to, away. Maybe they had to return it to the butcher or something. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. My, fa- so my favorite part of the killer. movie was definitely my favorite part of the movie was definitely without a doubt. He spends the whole time like he's the pretentious artist who's painting that big picture of a bull and when everyone and everyone else looks it looks done to me. He snaps at them and yells at them and then like the place he's trying to sell it to is like on his case to get it done and he's like you can't rush art and then when he finally gets the like big art guy to come to his house to buy it the guy's just like crap <laughs> it's just 
completely uninspired. And I'm like, yep, that's I'm really glad that happened to him because he was being a dick about that painting. And I may have been hallucinating from boredom, but at one point, did he (laughs) cut a slit in the painting and then proceed to rub and put his face against the slit in the painting like it was a vagina? Yeah, I believe I believe, but I don't know if it's like it was a vagina. It's more like it's, like it was a slit in a crappy painting. I started playing a game on my phone, so I must have missed that. <laughs> okay. Well, I like I said, I may have started hallucinating from boredom. My brain was attempting to protect itself. <laughs> it's like, quick, make something entertaining happen. <laughs> so we actually aired this for one of our double features on Drunken Zombie back in the day when we did like theater stuff because I. Apparently, a version of it is public domain. If it's not, then we just yeah. ran it illegally, but I wasn't in charge of that stuff, so. No, it is. I don't know <sighs> which version of it is, but. Yeah. I, this is the first time I've actually watched it. So, we're, like, we were running it, and I was sitting out in the lobby, like, taking money and shit. And I would go in every once in a while and be like, all right, what's going on? And it would just be some weird, random part of the movie. That I could not connect to anything. So I was just like, this movie's fucking weird. So I was hoping when I watched it, it would make it make more sense. But it really kind of didn't. It it may, in fact, make it make less sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I, I happen to have the IMDb page open for it. And the top review is entitled, Gritty, Controversial, but Hollow. And I'm like, yep, nailed it. I don't need to read the rest of that review. You got it. It's kind of true. I mean, I don't think I hated it. It doesn't sound like I hated it as much as you guys did. It's certainly not a movie I'd, I'd say people need to track down, though. Nah, I was not a fan. There, yeah, there was that not, one really good kill in the, in the bus station, though. If you can find a supercut on YouTube of all the times you kill somebody with a drill, watch that. Yeah. Don't watch the rest of it. I agree with that. Yeah, I mean... Again, I, th- I think if those kills were just spread out throughout the movie, so you didn't have so long to get bored <laughs> in all these other scenes. Yeah. And like, we don't need, I get, and again, I guess that they're trying to be controversial, but did we need like to bring up the fact that the art dealer guy is gay and make jokes about that like 10 different times? I'm just like, I don't like, I, I get it. You're controversial and you're edgy. It's, it's fine. Like just, <laughs> I think I, the whole movie was just that it was okay. We're going to do close-ups of his mouth. Cause that's gross. Here's a dead rabbit. Cause that's gross. Here's some like anti-gay talk. Cause that's gross. Does anybody want to be racist? We could be racist for a couple of minutes <laughs> just to draw attention to ourselves. Like it's, that's just how it, the whole movie felt. And then like almost every kill, instead of being somebody involved in the story, he's just like a homeless person drill. <laughs> Still, that drill through that bus stop, though, I'm like, that's pretty clever. I just like that the dude just immediately started reacting. It's like it wouldn't take Mm -hmm. like a second and a half to go through that plexiglass just automatically right into your spine. No, he put it in the slit between the two uh, pieces of plexiglass because that's why he's able to move it up and down. Yeah. All right. So so, there you go. That particular criticism was invalid, Brian. (laughs) All right. I guess. Yeah. The end. Yeah, I don't know. Fuck, fuck this movie. <laughs> it's, I, 
again, I don't, I don't think I'd go that far. We've watched way worse shit on this podcast, but it's probably you. not one you need to. It's not one you need to seek out. I believe Arrow just put out like a big old restored version of this movie. Did they? Yeah, I, think I so. saw that it was on their streaming service. I was going to say the version I watched was a real clean ass print. So maybe it was that. Yeah. Watched it on Tubi, which I think was the Arrow version. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, I don't know. Anything else? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, there, there's nothing to the movie. I think people need to understand just how little plot there is. Yeah. Um, it really, it, it's just an excuse to show grimy New York City and yeah. disgusting people and the occasional decent kill, but yeah, you know, not, a, not enough of and it. And it moves so slowly, I developed arthritis while watching it. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I did I like, was paying attention. You know There's not a kill in the movie until 40 minutes in. Yeah, it's too long. Way too we, long. We, nobody's arguing that. Because after that point, I think it's better. Because now you think maybe there'll be another kill. And then it's still too long until the next kill. But I did like the ending. Because it just sort of ends with him hiding under some bed sheets, Waiting for somebody else to come kill. <laughs> and then we never get to see it. She shuts the light off, light off says something. Roll credits. I know. Damn. I know. I enjoyed that though. <sighs> All right. Well, yeah, Doug. Just... Okay. Why, why don't you go ahead and tell us about Miss Forty Five? Miss Forty Five is. Uh, let's see. So it's another April Ferrara movie. It is. There's this mute woman. No explanation as to why she's mute. She's just mute for the purposes of the movie. Um, on her way home from work, she stops to buy a Coke. But she's having a real bad day because that chick gets raped twice before she gets to drink her Coke. Um, she ends up killing the second rapist who is in her home. And somewhere along the line, she basically develops a taste for that killing. So she starts going on a killing spree around New York City. I think the second kill is the guy that is just um, because she's trying to drop off the body parts of the first guy because she dismantled him in her bathtub and she's spreading the parts around town so some guy's just trying to return her bag that he saw her drop (laughs) she shoots him in the head um she ends up killing a pimp who's beating up his hose she ends up convincing one guy to kill himself because her gun jams she kills a Saudi Arabian prince that just happens to be in this movie because he pulls he mistakes her for a prostitute a Saudi uh, Arabian prince blatantly played by a white guy yeah yeah they don't even bother with the brown face makeup for that guy um, they just put one fake beard on him <laughs> but she anyway she kills him just for offering her money for sex she then eventually ends up at a work Halloween party where she's dressed as a nun and she just starts killing the fuck out of everybody. And uh, eventually just one of her co-workers just walks up and stabs her in the back because they're sick of her shooting people. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So things about this movie. Number one, let's talk about the the elephant in the room, which is the double rape. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was unaware of that going into this. I knew this was a rape revenge movie. And when she gets yeah. attacked in the alley... I actually was sitting there going, huh, 
for this being what it is, that was really restrained. Like yes. they, you know, it was mostly her in the aftermath rather than dwelling on it as as sexual violence. You know what I mean? And I was like, hmm, right, all right. And then she, when she gets home and that dude's in her house, I was like, no, <laughs> there's, yep. there's no, there's no way they would do that. Yeah. And then they do. They would. And I was well, like. Well, fuck me. I was like, now it's the uh, now it's the other way. Now it's just <laughs> now we're back in last yes. house on the left territory of maybe that was too much. Yeah, it's it's I think it's because this is still an up and coming filmmaker who's just getting his ideas from other places. And um, when you think about the most famous rape revenge movie is um, I spit on your grave where she does get assaulted wander home and then get assaulted again right so it is kind of like that where it's like they want to show her suffering from the aftermath of one she gets assaulted escapes runs a little bit gets assaulted again sorry then then makes it home and gets assaulted again (laughs) yeah yes so i think they were trying to do that right where they show the aftermath like she's already suffering when this second attack happens it can't say you don't feel sorry for the character in those moments where you're just like, God, I can't believe they're doing it to this girl because she's very young looking, but that makes it harder. Yeah. Um, I did think after the aftermath of it, she has like some flashbacks where she's like in the washroom and she like thinks the rapist is there like grabbing her, but he's, he's not. I thought that part was really well done. I thought that was like really showing her suffering I- from whatever is caused by this. Yeah. Post post the double rape. I like the movie. That okay. that's a rough that's a rough start. Like yeah. Oh yeah. But besides that, I mean, I would put it so this it this has always been given to me once again in the in the rape revenge like subgenre and I don't right. I don't necessarily see yeah, that not, is what this is. Not. It's closer to something like Joker or Taxi Driver, which is you take this person who's already vulnerable and then do terrible things to them and then watch what happens as they devolve. Yeah, I I actually completely agree with you because like when, when she kills that first rapist, you're like, yeah, good on you. Like not condoning murder, but in movie logic, if the guy's a rapist, you're allowed to kill him, right? Then the second guy is kind doing of nothing an, wrong. Kind, yeah, well, no, it's kind of an accident. He's he's chasing her, and she's just been assaulted twice. So she... But he's carrying the bag that she just dropped. She, he's yeah, carrying yeah the which bag has a body part in it. Yet, yeah. yeah. And yelling, hey, lady, you dropped your bag. Like, clearly he's trying to return the bag. It's not close. You know what I mean? Now, granted, he is like a 50s greaser that's almost as bad as a Stephen King bully. So you're like, OK, I can see why you wouldn't want that guy chasing you around. But you're the one dropping off body parts. Like if what you should do is take your body part back from him, say thank you very much and go hide it somewhere else, because that's the smart move. Yeah. But see, see I kind of and once again, I, I think in the movie, I forgive that one a little bit. Because 
at that point in the movie, she's still dealing with worse. She's clearly like traumatized both by what happened to her and then killing oh, yeah. these people is clearly causing her distress. And then the switch seems to happen when she goes out for lunch with her friends in that uh, skeezy dude is making out with a girl at the next table. And then she leaves and he immediately basically individually tries to fuck all of them. Right. Yeah. And then he won't take no for an answer. Kind of everyone shuts him down. Then she leaves. He follows her out. He does it again. She kind of tells him no. He does it again. And she's like, fine, let's go back to your place. And then she kills the ever living fuck out of that guy. Yeah. And that's the uh, the cool switch moment where then it devolves because once again, he's he's kind of a bad guy. We'll we'll put him in the uh, clearly he doesn't take no for an answer, which, yeah, maybe you deserve to get shot 20 times. And then she kills that fucking gang of five dudes like she's in a goddamn Western movie. <laughs> she's, she gets real good with that gun that she just found earlier. Yeah, in the she's movie. she's real good, especially with a forty five. It's a heavy gun. <laughs> but but you know we go from that, and then of course, then it just immediately devolves, and she's all of a sudden killing people who may or may not deserve it. The guy who kills himself, it's like, okay, well he he strangled a cat to death. Maybe he should die. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Although she does then it's, immediately go and try to get that lady's dog killed, which is pretty funny. Yeah, that no, scene. At some that point, scene of her attempting to kick male. a dog underneath cars, which is of course done with a real dog, because this is one of those movies where you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's abusive. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I didn't like this movie either. Really? No, eh, not really. Um, this is actually the second time I've seen it. Didn't like it the first time either. I think I was hoping for more of like a rape revenge film, which as Noah pointed out, this is not that situation. Um, since she never actually gets revenge on the first guy at all. Well, yeah, but I mean, I, I would accept it as a rape revenge movie if she just went out there and was going after other rapists. Yeah. As opposed to like, like I say, the, like the Saudi Arabian prince. Okay, he offers her sex for money, but he doesn't force her in any way. Like she could have walked away at any given time. You know, yeah. the boss that she ends up killing. Like, yeah, maybe a boss shouldn't be hitting on their coworkers. But 1981, I don't think that was as, as an accepted thing. And you know, a, a lot of the people that she kills are just relative innocence. Agreed. Oh, yeah, especially the end scene. The end scene, she's just gunning yeah. down dudes. Yeah, just anybody who's male at the end. In, in that final party scene, that's it. It's just her dressed in, like, this stereotypical woman uniform shooting anything that's male, which really mm-hmm. raises interesting questions about what kind of message they were trying to send with the movie. Yeah, which, I don't know. It doesn't work for me. And since she's mute, like, these scenes where she purposely goes out to try to get hit on so that she can kill someone. Like, doesn't really do anything for me. It's literally just, oh, guy starts talking, maybe says something mildly suggestive, and and it's just sort of like, all right, but that's kind of boring. You pretty much know how every interaction she has is going to go. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just they don't do that interesting at all. <laughs> they I, don't do a great job of what they should have had is had it build up, right? Like, it should have been 
the kills get harder and harder for her to, to do or easier and easier, depending on which way you want to go with it, where it's like, yeah, you have the first couple of times, like she really struggles to do it because she's not good at it and she gets better and better at it kind of thing would be probably the way you'd want to go, given the way the rest of the movie plays out. Um, so that by the end, when she's really good at it, it's like, oh, well, she's had lots of practice at this point, you know, but she does. But she does use that gun and um, get over the kills both very easily. So it's like not only is she a good marksman, but she also just doesn't care that she just killed somebody from very quickly in the movie. Yeah. Another sign it's the 80s. One of those guys is a black guy with nunchucks for no reason, <laughs> <laughs> which is a weirdly common thing in 80s movies. It- did you just say for no reason and it's the 80s at the same time as if it's the 80s isn't a reason for things to happen? Come on, man. Uh, that didn't my, even stand out to me. I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. It's the 80s. I think besides besides the opener, my biggest complaint of this movie is that for the most part, the acting's all right. But who the mm-hmm. fuck hired that woman to play the old lady that lives in the building? Because she's terrible she's like, annoying i don't know she if is that's a on bad, purpose or not she is a bad actress like her delivery of lines is the weirdest most unnatural it sounds like somebody just handed her the thing and said just say this yeah. i don't it's yeah. it's bizarre do you think that she's supposed to be um comic relief is that possible i don't know I, I don't know what the deal is i don't know if they shot extra stuff to pad for time or something with her but she is not. She's like somebody was like, my aunt really, really wants to be in a movie. And the director like handed the script to somebody and was like, here, give her a line. And they were like, oh, OK, you must be a friend of the director. We better write her a big part. Now. The other thing I have is like, what does. Is this a real thing like where. um just landladies are way too into your business and like monitoring your day-to-day activity the way that she is, because it feels like you shouldn't do that. But I don't know. It was kind of a uh, cliche like back way, in the 80s. Wait. Is it, yeah, like she's way too involved in her life for just being a landlady. And I don't understand why. Well, she's mute, Doug. She, she feels bad for her. It feels like she has to look out for her. All right. I guess. <laughs> that's a better explanation than we really get in the Her movie in the movie it's just accepted that like the landlord like in an apartment building not like a a house but just that her and her landlord just feels the need to like she has to be told if she's not coming home at night and stuff it's like well fuck you that's an adult with a job paying her own rent yeah uh, i think the gun is also a problem for me i feel like it's just so easy it just makes it kind of boring I think, yeah, if the first couple of kills had been no gun and then she got the gun, I think that would have been more interesting. Um, although I did like the element of the film that, like, she was becoming known. It, it's sort of a, I don't know, it, it's a, kind of a, a trope in vigilante movies where they sort of become known. And you have that debate about whether they're good or bad for being out there killing people. And uh, uh, I kind of like that element of it. I like that when they start, when people started finding the body parts because she's not great at hiding them. And stuff. Yeah. My favorite, she throws a chunk of that dude in a guy's trunk while he's like packing for vacation. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I I'm so upset that there isn't a scene to follow up on that of that guy like unpacking and being like, What the it's fuck? Like, <laughs> at the beach, and he's just like, What's this thing beside the picnic basket? 
So does this make you any more interested to watch other Abel Ferrara movies? Um, well, I mean, I've seen some others, and I know that he gets better, right? Well, I would say he's this movie, you could tell, is a lot better made than the last movie. Yeah. Definitely yeah, not it's, nearly it's as huge, meandering. It has an actual it's story a huge to step it. up. Yeah. A huge step up. It has characters and story and, you know, professional writing, um, you know, and it still uses the exploitation to its advantage, right? It's still a whole bunch of people shooting each other, which is pretty cool. Um, so by the time we get to the more well-known movies, it's definitely, we know that he can direct a movie, right? Cause what was the one I talked about not too long ago that caused me to put these on the list? I think it was uh, King of New York or whatever that I ended up really liking. And then, and um, that's why I kind of went back and went, Oh yeah. Like he used to do these like gross slimy movies. Maybe we should talk about those. And we did. He's still directing movies to this day. So I don't know what his new ones are like. I don't know. I don't know if I've seen a bunch of his stuff. Well, he made oh, King of shit. New York and his newer movies yeah. aren't super famous. So they can't they can't speak well of his career. Uh, King of New York was like, 90. Bad Lieutenant was 90. Uh, we watched Body Snatchers that he did for 93. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, he did. He did a Ben Fold Ben Folds five music video. Oh, well, that's important. He did something called Mary when it was assumed that Mary gets. Uh, oh, it's about the Virgin Mary delivering a message to a young girl. <laughs> that sounds like it's a little outside of his uh, wheelhouse. I'm assuming there's less than two rapes in that. Well, did, is, are we assuming that does God raping Mary count? Because, you know, <laughs> technically. I said less than two. All right. Fair enough. Otherwise, I don't recognize anything else on his, his filmography. No, I've, I've stumbled across some stuff about his newest one, but I think it's just because I had Googled his name. So, Zeros and Ones with Ethan Hawke? Yeah. yeah. Apparently, it's like set during the pandemic and stuff, and it might have a bit of an anti-lockdown uh, type message to it. So, Interesting. Uh, I don't know. Do we have anything else to say about his 45? Yeah, I don't know. This see, this so one's a maybe. It's hard to it's hard to recommend a movie that starts with the double. Yeah, I I mean, I would go as far as to recommend it for people who like this sort of thing, right? It's the majority of this movie is a is a mute girl running around New York City shooting people for not very good reasons. Um, but she shoots a lot. Like she shoots a gang. She shoots a pimp. She shoots a Saudi Arabian prince played by a white guy. Like, you know, all your 80s staples get shot. A slightly sexually aggressive boss. Um, I would say if, people if, if you're a costumes, huge fan you know. of the movie Death Wish, you probably won't like this movie. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I disagree. I think they're very similar. Ah, uh, yes. But one is toxic masculinity is a good thing, and then this one is toxic masculinity is a bad thing. Well, is toxic masculinity a bad thing in this movie, or is the message something to the effect of women go crazy real easy, so don't do anything mean to them? Because that's how it feels. It feels like she's like, they're like, look, she got victimized, and it made her into a bad person. Everyone should hate her. That's how this movie felt to me. And I'm like, that's a little bit of a weird message. 
Because I kept in my head, I kept comparing it to First Blood, partially because we recently watched First Blood, and partially because of like I thought the flashbacks were done really well. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, but in First Blood, they're like, they go out of your way to make sure you're on Rambo's side when he goes nuts and starts killing people because of what happened to him. And here, they do not do that with her. Like she's basically the villain of the movie, even though she's the main character. Yeah, I thought I thought the messaging was more of a violence begets violence kind of thing. That kind of you, yeah. I mean, you I can cheer, see that. You cheer for her at first, but then you're like, oh yeah, she's she's a murderer. But like when you compared it to like Taxi Driver, for example, like that's a a movie about a guy who basically goes nuts because he's living in grimy New York City, seeing all the dirty shit going on, and you know, feels as though he's been mistreated, even though he's really not. And then he they kind of make him into the hero at the end, right? Like that's to some extent. Well, I was going to say like, that's that's an interesting difference because most of the ones that star a dude, they are made into a hero at the end. And yet, yeah, this one with a woman, she's the villain and clearly laid out as the villain, which I don't have a problem yeah. with. I just think the rest of them should be clearly laid out as the villain. <laughs> well, yeah, and I think it's it's an interesting thing that so many of these movies the, the air quotes vigilante is treated as a hero for murdering people. And, you know, they it's interesting that when they make those a lot of those other movies, they're always murdering terrible people that at least in movie logic, we're OK watching them die. And with this particular one, they're like, no, 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 it's we're going to have her murder like plenty of people who clearly don't deserve to die just for the sake of it. So yeah. you mean, are you meaning that the people in the in the world of the movie consider them a hero, or are you talking about the viewer? I would argue both. Because I would say a taxi yeah. driver, you're not supposed to see him as a hero. You're he not. Sort of, spo- you're not sort supposed of to. Comes out on the right side, but he's still a fucking nutball. Okay, but like once yeah, again, de- the, Death but, Wish. But the, you should doesn't... clearly see Charles Bronson as a bad guy, yeah. and nobody does. Nobody who likes the, that movie walks away and goes, "Yeah, Charles movie, Bronson's the, the bad guy." The movie doesn't, but, but the movie makes sure you don't. The movie portrays him as a hero, and I would say that too. Even with the Taxi Driver, it's like, yeah, he's. I agree we shouldn't all aspire to be that character, but they make sure that at the end when he goes on his killing spree, he's killing like people who pimp out children. So we're not exactly going to side with them either. You know what I mean? Like it's, whereas this, by the end of it, she's just shooting people who happen to be at the party. Like it's when she has her snap moment. So it's, it's very, very different. I mean, it's all complicated. You've got the, Thanos were right fucking crowd that walk into every movie and walk away with the complete wrong message. Sure. Sure. But, but again, there's, there's the message. There's always going to be people who get the wrong message. Death wish. I like, I don't think there's any doubt that that movie intentionally portrays him as a hero. I mean, you can argue, you can argue that with taxi driver that, you're not supposed to, but they do also kind of end it with at least he believes he's a hero, depending on your exact interpretation of that ending. Right. And then when this one, it's like the opposite where it's like, there's no way to interpret her as the hero at the end. Even if you liked it when she shot the pimp or whatever at the end, you're like, no, now you're just murdering whoever. So that's not cool. 
I do I do kind of like in this one that for the most part it's not just as she shoots somebody once and they die. It's as she shoots somebody like fifteen fucking times. Yeah. When she's shooting that photographer bullets. She shoots that photographer so many fucking times. So much, and I, I like it. I like that kill in particular because I like that they go up the elevator together. The elevator doors open. He walks into his studio and she just shoots him and never gets out of the elevator. It just closes and she just goes back down. <laughs> like, I don't have time for this. <laughs> it's why, like, when her boss is getting her in trouble for not coming back to work that day, I'm, like, totally on his side. Because I'm like, you could have been, like, 15 minutes late getting back. That's how long it took to kill that guy. <laughs> he didn't, it wasn't a big deal. Sorry. I was thinking we need to put Taxi Driver on the list since we were talking about it so much and i was trying to figure out a movie to team it up with i found one so joker (laughs) no i was was thinking more what which one king of comedy would be a good one to team it up with uh okay we could do that one too whatever we we can always you can you're you're in charge you picked it to put on the list i'm not in charge of shit uh (laughs) i was gonna put it with the uh, michael mann movie collateral but Oh, that's not a bad one either. Yeah, technically is past 2000, so. Yeah. Whoever, whoever made up the rule, probably me. That way we won't break it. That's the right. that's that rule that you guys made up specifically to avoid a couple of the movies that I wanted to oh, okay. put on yeah. the list, and then it conveniently goes away occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Listen, hey, hey, everything's Listen, done. We're supposed everything's to be talking about vote. the movie still, guys. <laughs> Nothing's done by vote. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, it's done by vote because me and Doug decide are we going to outvote Noah on this or not? Just, hey, man, as long as we agree, I mean, that's two out of three, so we win automatically. <laughs> so. uh, all right. Anything else about fucking Miss 45? Take that as a yeah. no. No, there's probably something in there about sexuality becoming a weapon, but I don't. I don't think it was well constructed enough to actually pull that out. Yeah. Plus, that's no, not like for our podcast the close, to talk about. The closest thing to a positive message in this movie is uh, "be nice to women, or they'll shoot you." And I don't know if that's exactly a positive message. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Well, I'm all right with that message. Hey. Nice to women. Baby steps. Or they'll shoot you. (laughs) Baby steps towards feminism. (laughs) Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive In on Twitter at MN Drive In Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Hey, what did everybody watch since last week? Things. Uh, so. I'm on the end of season six of Star Trek, the next generation. (laughs) I'm almost there. It's it's so long. It's so many things to watch to get through it. Uh, I, man, I love how they tie that shit together at the end. I I don't think I ever realized it watching it the first time because I don't think I've ever watched it in order, but they actually like tie up all the loose plot threads throughout all the seasons toward the end. It's pretty cool. Uh, I don't think it, I've ever watched an actual complete season. I think I would catch episodes here and there. 
That'd be about it. Yeah. And then, so me and Char have been watching that show, Ghosts, uh, which is like a comedy show on some channel that I can't remember which one. CBS. Yeah. We watch it on streaming service, so who the fuck knows? <laughs> but <laughs> but it was delightful, and we knew it was based on a British show, and it turns out that Hulu has the British version. And so we watched all three seasons of that that's out, and god damn it, the British version's even better. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> I know. So, something about the the characters and the way the ghosts interact and stuff is just delightful. One of them is a caveman, and you really... <laughs> Start to love that caveman character by the end. Have you guys seen any of it yet? No, I saw a preview for it, but I was like, eh. Didn't watch it. Yeah, yeah I don't even it. know what you're talking about. It's it's pretty funny. It's basically so this this girl and her husband inherit an old mansion that's like absolutely falling apart, and they decide they're going to renovate it and turn it into a bed and breakfast because they're broke, and that's a good way to make money. And she falls down the stairs, ends up in a coma for two weeks. And when she comes out of the coma, it turns out she can see ghosts now. And that house is absolutely fucking packed with ghosts. And and most of them are uh, pains in the ass, if that makes sense. The basement basement has a, uh, in the American version, it's a typhoid pit, I do believe. And in the British version, it's it's. Black Death victims. Okay. And they never come out of the basement. They're just weird recluses who just talk about the water heater. (laughs) It's really funny. And then I'm I'm trying to think in the British version. So there's a caveman. There is a Victorian poet. Uh, an heiress who I don't know is obnoxious and then there's the gray lady ghost who's pretty funny there's a military general because at one point it was used as like a world war one field hospital uh, there is a, a boy scout troop leader who's got an arrow stuck through his neck because he was accidentally shot by one of the kids during a camping trip I like that oh yeah it's pretty good and then of course there's a uh an old a duke who's got his head chopped off. And so his head, his body keeps wandering off and leaving the head places. And they basically just fuck with his head all the time or they forget it's there. And it's pretty funny. It actually sounds pretty interesting. It looks like I can watch it for free. So I am. might do that. Uh, yeah. It sounds like something I might enjoy. And like I said, and so far, both versions are really good. So the American version is really funny and the British version are really funny. And they're different enough that like the episodes play out in completely different ways. So it's not just like a shot for shot type thing. That's good. Because the American version, they switch stuff. So instead of there being a caveman, there's a Native American. And instead of the World War One officer there's a uh revolutionary war guy but yeah it's really funny i I highly recommend the show i like it a lot uh and then we watched the entire miniseries that was about oh fuck what's her name anna delvey the uh the 24 year old girl who basically scammed a bunch of super rich people in new york out of money and hotel stays and oh yeah yeah 
and all that kind of stuff. And it's kind of of interest well, to me. You can't really be mad at because you can't be mad at her because she just scammed rich people. Oh, yeah. But it, at the same time, she's just a fucking thief. It's 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 yeah. really weird. The whole the whole thing's really weird. And the fact that so she stole hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. And that's that's just in funds she actually straight up just took from people. And then in addition to that, she did theft of services from these hotels that charge seven thousand dollars a night. So who knows how much of that money she racked up. And she was found guilty, went to jail and served two years. She's already out. the end. And and Netflix paid her so much money for her story that she doesn't owe anybody any money. She actually got paid out about three hundred thousand dollars. Jesus. America. This is like this. It, it is straight up one of those things that you're like, oh, that's that's what's wrong with everything. It's the fact that you can just steal hundreds of thousands of dollars and no one gives a fuck. But you get caught with like a dime bag of fucking weed in the wrong state and you go to jail for 15 years. What in the fuck is wrong with this world? Yeah, you're right. There's no answer to that question, by the way. Yeah. Remember when that one girl on Dr. Phil became a rapper and is now like a millionaire just because she was a snobby bitch? Talking about the cash me outside girl? Yeah. She got a, she got a record deal. They gave her a record deal. I don't even know. If she got, did she get a record deal? I don't even remember. Yeah. She put out a whole album of remember rap. She just put that shit up on SoundCloud and everybody likes to pay stupid people. So she made like a million dollars or something. I had no idea which way I went. So still, people are stupid. Anyways, and then that was the last thing I watched because after that, I was like, I'm done. I'm done with the world. Uh, Why would you watch such depressing things? Char was watching that one. And because so the the things they have to do to catch her is actually what I do for the bank. So it was kind of interesting watching one of the biggest, most prestigious like financial institutions in the world just not catch stuff that I would be like, you're a fucking idiot. Like you didn't take two seconds to look at it. She basically falsified some financial records and stuff that it's just, it's just so easy to, (laughs) to prove that it's fake. It's maddening. I mean, that's how it works. If people believe you're rich, right, right. If they believe you're already rich, they don't even look at it. And there's no consequence if you get caught. Like, that's the weird thing about that story to me is that she has the benefits of being a rich person without being a rich person. Like, she got treated the special treatment from the courts and stuff without having to actually be the rich person before she went into it. It's kind of funny. one, One of the things that kind of made her uber famous is during her trial, her friends hired a professional stylist to dress her for court. So yeah. every day, whenever she was coming into court, it wasn't just like she was wearing a nice dress. Like she was wearing a couture $10,000 dress. Mm-hmm. It's, it's madness. All, all of it. The entire story is just the most insane fucking thing. Mm-hmm. I wonder when she'll run for Congress. And when? Well, right, oh, right it, now. That, that's a given. Right now she is detained by ICE. So, okay. Because she's supposed oh, she's she was foreigner? supposed to be deported when she was released from prison, 
but she was deported halfway through 2001 and she hasn't been deported because she's got she's rich yeah or she's yeah, yeah. She what's that, the again? appearance of being rich it's it's insane so netflix paid her i can't i can't remember how much money it is but in in america there's specifically laws that say that you cannot do that because all that money has to mm-hmm. go to pay your restitutions and stuff but she was only required to pay like $200,000 in restitution <laughs> so netflix paid off her restitution and then gave her $300,000 <laughs> I didn't I didn't realize that till after we watched it. I probably wouldn't have watched it if I realized she got paid for it. I thought it was one of those things where her victims sold their stories to Netflix. And apparently that's not what happened. Uh, that's less fun. Would you watch Dad? Oh, I I wasn't going to bring this up yet, but I feel the need to cheer everyone up. So I, uh, I finished the two seasons of what we do in the shadows that I had access to. Fuck yeah. So you guys kept telling me there was a Mark Hamill episode, yeah. but I was still not prepared for that episode. Man. <laughs> that the moment I when told him you. and Jackie Daytona's as soon as it hits, you will pay me my $40. <laughs> when they're sitting across the bar from each other and they're both pretending that they don't know each other are vampires and Mark Hamill's character is just like Jim the vampire by the way is his name when he's just in no costume whatsoever he's just claim he's just ordering like beer but he's I'll take one human alcohol beer (laughs) and Laszlo's behind the bar as Jackie Daytona and his whole costume is just he has a toothpick in his mouth And, and jeans yeah, jeans, but you can't see them behind the bar, so they don't count oh. for the purposes of that scene. <laughs> That's true. I thought of that. But it's like, when and when he takes that toothpick out of his mouth, and Mark Hamill almost falls out of his chair because he's shocked at the change. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me, I couldn't stop laughing at that, man. I almost stopped watching the show. I'm like, that's got to be the high point. Like, I don't know if there's any point in watching anything else. And I'm just like, I... Oh my god, it was amazing. Every everything <laughs> about that episode's amazing. Just the fact that Laszlo like abandons his life, moves to another state, changes his identity, and goes into hiding to avoid paying forty dollars to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, well, let's get back to the fact that he's he owes him forty dollars because it's the last week's rent from when he was living in the guy's guest room because he went to California because he was trying to go to somewhere in Arizona, but he got the wrong information. (laughs) (laughs) And and he's gone for like a day and all of a sudden he's got like, or I don't, I guess they don't really say how long he's gone for, but all of a sudden he's like, he owns a bar in Pennsylvania and he's like a beloved towns member. Who's like supportive of the local colleges. Fucking volleyball Volleyball team team. (laughs) what is about the episode with the vampire council and fucking wesley snipes is skyping in oh my and he he keeps having connection issues i loved it i love that whole moment um everything about that episode is great that whole scene i like when they go in and like i'm like is that Dave Batista is a member of the council. And it's like, no, he's just a guy that's also in the waiting room. <laughs> I don't know how they got all these people to be in this show. I'm glad they did. Uh, I loved when uh, 
Guillermo found out that he was related to Van Helsing and he joined that group of, of like vampire slayers and like Craig Robinson's on the team for some reason. Everybody else is like 21 and then Craig Robinson is there. <laughs> and they had to borrow the one guy's mom's van and the guy gets killed and they're like, well, we definitely have to take his mom's van back to him. <laughs> oh, that show makes me so happy. I'm just I'm, like, I'm legit sad that I don't have more of it to watch right now. But <laughs> it's still arguably my favorite thing in that whole thing is that, of watching it is when I realized he doesn't have to yell bat, but he just does. <laughs> Nobody else does. But, yeah, yeah I, a, I don't know. Man. Such I, a good show. It's, it's hard to explain how much I enjoy watching that show. And every time I'm like, like, granted, I I don't think they can get higher than that Mark Hamill episode for me. <laughs> I mean, again, those two guys in that bar pretending that neither of them knows the other one's a vampire. And I'm like, the fact that the one guy's not even wearing a costume, he's in his full vampire gear. And I'm like, I, it took me a minute to realize that that's what they were doing. That, that they, he was pretending not until he pretended to drink the beer by throwing it over his shoulder. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> Fucking Jackie Daytona. Still, I think my favorite yeah. episode. That's I. I don't know how you top that. I really don't like. And they've done some great stuff on the show. I loved when they uh, when they fucking did the thing where they were finding all the bodies in the yard because the ground was too soft. Wherever they buried a body, they just kept falling in the holes in the ground. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. The one, watched, like, I loved when. Uh, have you watched Wellington Paranormal? No, maybe I should. It's so it's different because it's a different style of humor, but it's still mm-hmm. really good. <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, I'll look into that one because I need something now anyway. But yeah, so you don't have season three up there yet? It's not immediately available to me. I might be able to find it somewhere, but it's not. Yeah, doesn't just show. It doesn't just recommend it to me when I log into Disney Plus like it did with these first two seasons. So. Gotcha. It's probably airing on television right now. Does that seem right? Uh, up there. Like it's already well, done down here. Yeah, it's done down there. Yeah, but yeah. has it has it been released to streaming down there yet, or does it go automatically? Uh, yeah, it's on uh, HBO down here. Oh, it's HBO. That's why. Well, it'd be H- what HBO Max. Yeah, yeah, HBO Max. Yeah, because yeah. it airs on FX. Yeah. I don't know. I don't understand. There might be some of those shows too move networks. So it's weird like that. I think like when Disney bought Fox, but FX spun off Fox at some point, it's a weird legal thing. So they have whatever was made before FX was spun off kind of thing. So maybe I have to go to a different streaming service to get season three. Yeah, it looks like it's available to stream down here. just hasn't made its way up north yet. Yeah. Like I said, and it could be somewhere other than that. Now I'm checking. Just so you know, because <laughs> now you have to. Know. Now we're all just gonna have to wait while I look for this. God. So now, now I'm excited. I want to come back for season four. As so in, I, I want season four to here. start. So yeah, I can buy it here off of like Google Play or Apple, whatever. About how about that post-credit scene? Whenever Mark Hamill's character finds out that uh, seeing Billy Bass isn't actually worth any money. <laughs> Damn you, Laszlo! One of the 
running jokes I love is that the vampires haven't learned anything in like 500 years and they don't know like because the one where like Guillermo leaves and he um they can't like they don't know how to get their clothes cleaned it's just like and then Colin Robinson just knows but he's just a dick about it <laughs> the one where they revealed that Colin Robinson is an internet troll and has all these different things set up and then he goes to fight he goes to track somebody down that's trolling him and it's an actual troll <laughs> oh yeah i don't i don't it, we could go on and on about it <laughs> i almost want to like rewatch it and come back every week and discuss a different episode <laughs> oh it's gonna be what we do in the shadows podcast from now on i drank too much drug blood <laughs> oh and hit like when that Nick Kroll keeps coming back looking for that hat, I'm just like, why does everybody care about that hat? It doesn't make any sense. Just whatever the curse is on the hat leads to so many laugh out loud moments. I really enjoy it. <laughs> just, I mean, it's a fucking, it's a hat made out of witches' assholes. Like, <laughs> yeah. I point. just don't get why they want the hat. <laughs> Anyways, I guess we should move on. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to. Yeah, we probably should. I watched a few other things. um, Actually, I watched another TV show. I watched uh, Reacher on Amazon Prime. Have you guys watched that one? I have not. I've heard that the books are good. I couldn't couldn't give two fucks. Yeah. And then I have not. I didn't Uh, watch the Tom Cruise movies. I skipped those. No, no. I've heard good things about the books. I had no interest in the Tom Cruise movies, but... For whatever reason, people kept saying this one was good, and I believed them. Um, It's weird, because it takes itself really, really seriously, and it's like, supposed to be like, this character that's like, he's an ex-military investigator, so he like, can solve these crimes and stuff. But then it uses total like, 80s action movie logic of like, (laughs) like, where he just like, kills people, and they're just like, that's okay, he's the hero of the show, he's allowed to do that. And it's just like, like at the end, there's like a full on like where he's he's assembled his team and they have to go to like war against the, you know, the bad guy team. And so many people get killed. And then there's like all these FBI agents around and everything, raiding everything, solving all these problems. And you're just like and he just walks away and they're just like, hey, I think the FBI wants to interview you. And he's like, nope, walks away anyway. (laughs) Just it's like, well, that's not how it works. You can't be a serious show and then do that. And it also has like the real 80s action movie problem of like the level of fight that a bad guy puts up has nothing to do with character or ability. It just has to do with plot convenience. So it's like oh, all these trained military guys. Yeah, you can walk through a bunch of those guys. No problem with the one snot nosed kid that he just does, doesn't get along with when he goes to fight that guy. That's going to be a big, long, drawn out fight. So a lot of weird stuff like that. But it was okay. Um, doesn't seem like either of you guys have any interest in it whatsoever. So I'm actually interested in checking it out. Um, the guy that's playing him played Hawk on Titans. I actually thought he was yeah rad. So I wouldn't mind. He's giving it a watch. He's a little bit. It's a little bit weird in this like show, like because they, I don't know, they, they give him like this weird personality where I'm not sure if he's funny or not. I don't. Th- it's not on him. It's on the writing and the directing. The way they just—I'm not quite sure what they're going for, and I don't know if I like it or not. But it's fine. A lot of it comes down to it's fine. Like <laughs> it's fine. 
it's whatever. It's a show. In a world where there's shows, this is one of the shows. Is that anything? <laughs> sure. Um, all right. Well, that's all I got. Um, I watched uh, another movie called Coming Home in the Dark. A New Zealand movie. Basically family on like a little family outing. A couple of weird creepy drifters show up and take them hostage. And uh, it turns out through weird coincidence that there may be a backstory between some of these drifters and the dad. And it's the whole movie is them kind of just terrorizing this family, driving around, people trying to figure out how to get out of it. That kind of a thriller. Takes a really dark twist relatively early on that I did not see coming and don't really want to spoil just in case. But yeah, it's pretty good. If you like that sort of a movie, I do. So, and I like watching stuff from other countries just because it tends to feel a little different than your typical Canadian or American program. So I don't know. I just found it on Netflix up here and I'd, uh, I'd recommend it to people. Was it recommended to yeah. you? Did Netflix recommend it to you? No, no. Oh, wow. It's usually how you watch stuff. It's because an algorithm has told you you should watch it. Yeah, but not the Netflix algorithm. That their algorithm sucks. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Actually, it's weird. Like th- their algorithm sucks, and Amazon Prime's algorithm sucks. Tubi, Tubi knows me though; <laughs> it understands my taste. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but it, it, it's a good one. Coming home in the dark. If you guys are interested in that type of a dark thriller type movie, it's violent but not excessively so. I liked it. Because, you know, I like watching people like just be complete jerks to each other and torture an innocent family that they just happen to stumble across, right? <laughs> you like people being jerks to each other. That's why you do this show. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually a nice lead into the next thing I watched. Um, oh, yeah? Because I went and saw Nightmare Alley. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're a fan of. And. I went in pretty blind except for what you said, which was basically something to the effect of there's nothing supernatural. It's just this guy's life getting worse and worse. And I'm like, Oh yeah. <laughs> well, it goes, from, like, I, it goes from being middle of the road to pretty good. And then to terrible. Yeah. Uh, it is. It's such an interesting movie to watch because it's like you see him get everything he wants out of life and it, nothing's ever good enough for him. And it's almost like a, he flies too close to the sun kind of situation. And he ends up as a result in the worst imaginable spot. Um, you know, it's, it's almost, it's basically a morality tale where he just, he's given advice on how far you can push things. And he chooses to push it further than that. If that makes any sense. And I'm just like the whole time I'm like, well, if you do that, that's going to go negatively for you. I don't know how. And then there's an awkward moment where I sort of predicted the ending. And it's I think most people would predict the ending at that moment where he gets on the train car after. Yep. And so I'm just like, on the train car. I'm like, I know what's I, coming. Oh, no. And it's like, oh, God. And then they just it, it's so depressing at the end. And you're just like, oh, fuck. Had a weird anti-alcohol message in it that I didn't appreciate because <laughs> so, I, I get along real well with alcohol, but I, I get the metaphor they were going for with it, but it was strange. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, just watching everything get once he kind of goes over that tipping point where he's on, on his downward spiral, it just starts going downward quicker and quicker. And then it went, it hits that breaking point and it's just like, fuck, oh no, they're going all the way down, aren't they? It was almost difficult to watch if he wasn't such an asshole character. Um, you will not feel good by the time it's over, even though no, it's not you no. who ends up in a terrible position, but you're like, man, I just feel like, bad about life right now. It's just, yeah. It was, it was, it was, yeah, a genuinely difficult watch. Extremely well-made film, well-acted, looked gorgeous. Like it's Del Toro. So obviously, right. Um, but just, yeah, I loved the way everything looked. I thought they did a really good job of contrasting, like, because the character is like at one point when he's like with the like traveling circus and then he ends up moving on and becoming like a more high end performer and the contrast of the different lifestyles I thought was really interesting to watch. And the fact that they make it pretty clear that like, yeah, like when he was with this traveling circus, yeah, I mean, you're, you're not sleeping in the best situation or anything, but you've got all these people around you who seem to actually care about you and take care of you. And when he's this high end performer, he's living in this like sterile hotel room where it's just him and his wife that he's gradually drifting apart from. And even when some of the circus performers come by to visit, it's like you don't have. Yeah, you've you've, you've given away everything in your pursuit for like riches, basically. Um, that was really interesting. Yeah. And I don't know, the message of the movie is real dark, though, because there's like, I guess it, without spoiling it completely, but at the end, there's like a line where he says, like, yeah, like I was made to be this. And it's like, oh, so this was like a destiny thing? Like, you were always going to end up here? Because I don't want that to be the case. Like, I don't want that to be the case at all. <laughs> I want I want to think that you're being punished for the mistakes you made and that therefore I can choose not to make those mistakes. Because... <laughs> That's it's a little easier for me to swallow. But yeah, but I feel like his his meaning of I was made for this is because of all the mistakes he's made. Like all the mistakes have made so, him into yeah. this position. Okay. I'll take that. That's that's much more uplifting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the funny thing is I, I mean, haven't watched it's not up, uplifting. Yeah. Sorry. The funny th- the funny thing is I haven't watched the original, but apparently it has the same ending plus about five more minutes. Yeah. Okay. Which in, you know, if you, whatever the ending is, then they try to tack on a happy ending because you know, it was, I don't know, whenever that movie was made forties, forties. So they're like, well, we can't have a downer ending. And I just like the Del Toro. I was just like, nah, fuck that. We're going to cut off that five minutes. We're just going to end it right here, which is the ultimate perfect yeah. spot for it to end. But he's just like, no, no happy ending. Yeah, I, I do. I agree. I like the way Del Toro ends it. I suspect because I have I found the original and I do plan to watch it because um, I didn't know this was a remake until yeah. What's well, like a, after I'd seen yeah. it. So it's a readaptation of the book. Re-adaptation. Okay. Um, but yeah, like I suspect the ending of the original is going to feel like the ending to like Frankenstein from 31, where it's just like, okay, the movie's over and they made us put this here. 
that's what I'm expecting to see when I watch that movie. <laughs> so we'll see. Maybe it won't be. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's I mean, it's a hell of a movie. It's a great, extremely well made movie. It's long, but it doesn't feel long at all. Um, I agree with that. Like I at one point, like because like like I had to sneak out to the washroom in it, and I checked my phone and thinking like. Wonder how much longer is left in this, and it's one of those rare scenarios where you check your phone and you're like, "Oh, it's way less time than I expected." <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought I had an I, I thought I had like an hour and a half left of this movie, but I only have like a half an hour left of this movie because things have moved along so well that I never thought about the time while I was in there. Yeah. So it was a. Uh, so I'm assuming you went and saw it in color. Yes, I did. Yeah, I I still have it really watch it in color i've done a quick search through but i would just recommend if you ever get the chance to watch it in black and white it's beautiful yeah yeah if it if you're like i want to have is, a bad day i'll, I'll rewatch yeah. this movie just line it up with with some more depressing shit um yeah that's gonna be the problem is like being in the mood to watch it again now that i know what it is yeah but <laughs> So many good performances in it too, though. Like, like Bradley Cooper is the lead; he's good. But I really like all the supporting cast. Oh, I mean, it's it's so full that you're just like, well, obviously nobody's going to be bad in this movie. No, I really like like I like Willem Dafoe. I just like the look of him with his cheesy little forties mustache. <laughs> but I don't know. It's it's just fun to see this group of characters. I like that they cast Ron Perlman as like the strong man in like the sideshow. And I'm oh, like, yeah. Oh, that's, that's like other than Hellboy, I don't think I've ever seen him cast better than that. I think that's perfect. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> don't know why it wouldn't have occurred to me to put him in that role. That is like, did he wears like a full body suit and then like, yeah, the Tarzan attire over top of the bodysuit. Sure. Yeah. And the, that's what I imagine those guys wore. At least it's what they wore in my head. I don't know if it's exactly accurate. Probably accurate. It seems like Del Toro would be pretty fine-tuned on stuff like that. Yeah. But there is this thing with modern movies that I find interesting, which is that they're very good at portraying like pastimes the way we want them to be in a certain way. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. when being, you're being more nostalgic about it than how it yeah. actually was. Like all the 80s throwback stuff that's come out recently, you're like, yeah, this is just like the 80s. And then you're like, not nah, really, though. Like, this <laughs> was a lot of sitting around watching TV. But we like to think that it was all, you know, us going on adventures and whatever. It's they do a good job of making us think that that's what the past was like, because that's what we want it to be like. That's how we remember it. Um, anyways, the only other thing I watched was I watched the Texas Chainsaw Massacre because there's that sequel coming out again just to get another sequel coming out and i'm like for some reason i'm letting myself think this one will be the good one i don't know why i don't know why i'm letting myself think that you watch the trailer for it no oh my god it looks so bad does it really shit yeah <laughs> instead i instead i watch the original movie which i love so did you did you hear why it's going to be on netflix no they did like uh you know, a preview screening, an audience, yeah. you know, a test screening or whatever, scored absolutely horribly. And they didn't know what to fucking do with it. So they fixed whatever they could and they're like, fuck it, just sell it to Netflix. That's not so, good. No. 
But the last couple of sequels sucked. Why wouldn't they make a good one now? Because maybe they can't. That's maybe nobody has it. learned yet. <sighs> All but, right. but the original, fantastic. Fantastic. I love it. Um, and part two. I noticed it. Part two's part, good. Part two is pretty rad as well, yes. Yeah. We, we did a whole show on part two people can go back and listen to. <laughs> um, what I noticed rewatching the, the original, I don't know how I've never noticed this before, but it's the proto um, Crazy Ralph in this movie. When they go to the graveyard, there's like a weird drunk guy just laying there screaming about how they should get away from there because there's like, he doesn't use the term death curse, but he's like warning them to, to like get out of there and stuff. And I'm like, oh my God. Friday Thirteenth ripped off this movie too. I knew they I knew they ripped off so many other things. I didn't know that's where they got this. So, you know, it's nice to get that list of movies that Friday Thirteenth ripped off ever increasing. <laughs> Keep adding to the list. <laughs> it's, it's funny as I'm scrolling through Facebook while you're talking. A yeah. little uh, tidbit about the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre just popped up, like a little factoid. <laughs> Okay. Which I already knew, but since we're talking about it, so in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, rotting meat was used on set while the house often baked at Texas temperatures of 115 degrees. As a result, cast and crew would vomit out of the windows in between takes. That does not surprise me at least. (laughs) It's so gross. The thing is, the way they capture the grossness in this movie is fascinating. Like, you really, you feel that heat, you feel that, like... I feel like I want to throw up from the rotting flesh and I don't know. (laughs) It's lightning in a bottle. Like I don't think you can ever recreate it if you tried, but it's just, it's fascinating how good it is when you're just watching it. Having not seen it in a little while, you're just like watching it going like, holy shit. Like it's, it's so weird and gross and it's not really gory. It's, and then there's that dinner scene and you're like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) Yeah, give the hammer to Grandpa. Oh God! <laughs> I just and think it's, it's fucked up where they like Grandpa's what they like cut her finger and stick it in her in his mouth and just let him suckle on it. And I'm yeah. like, this is like that's gonna make me vomit. So it's yeah. Well, I think they do a really good job in this too. With at the beginning where there's like the grave robbing, everything looks very realistic, and then they've got that. Well, obviously the narrator at the beginning of it. And then they use in the background, there's always like news on and it sounds like real news, but then they start talking about the things that are happening in the movie. And it really adds that sense of realism to it. And they do a really good job of it where they're like, it's like a weather report. And then, Oh yeah, by the way, they're still investigating those grave robbings that we saw earlier in the movie. And so it makes it feel very real world. I don't know. Again, I wasn't alive in Texas in the seventies, so I don't (laughs) know how realistic it is, but it makes me feel like that's what everything was going on down there. So maybe there was lots of real grave robbing and they just, uh, use real broadcasts to make it seem real. I, it's weird because like for a low budget movie to have spent the time and money to create those broadcasts is kind of strange. Like there's more than one. There's the, there's like, I think at least two that I can think of off the top of my head. And it's like, oh, they, that's a really important part of the film that, isn't something you would expect a young filmmaker to think of in the moment because it's not something you can see on screen and it's not something that really affects the plot. Mm. So, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a masterpiece. I love it. And 
And now I'm going to just be sad in a day or two when I watch that uh, sequel because apparently it's going to suck. <laughs> we'll see. Now, could, now I'm pot wrong, committed. But there's just a weird right. scene where in the trailer where they're like showing like a field of like, I think it's sunflowers. And then other face just pops up and you see his face. But it's very obvious that they just green screened them into it. It just looks fucking terrible. Yeah. I've seen the meme where it's always these people who claim that they found Leatherface taking a shit in the field. Um, yeah. I never understood what the meme was because I didn't watch the trailer. Because uh, it's a joke about the movie Friday. Oh, okay. It's apparently Chris Tucker takes a shit in the bushes, and somebody's like, "Hey, so and so over here taking a shit." So that's what they're playing. I feel like I need to go and watch a whole bunch of trailers for the Batman because I've been avoiding those trailers and I don't want to find out it's uh, terrible after I... I don't know it looks pretty great kind of excited if you've seen the yeah. memes going around of uh, them joking about that they spent millions of dollars making Colin Farrell look like Richard Kind when they could have just hired Richard Kind <laughs> he does look like Richard Kind <laughs> yeah he really does that's fun oh my god hilarious and he's getting his own he's going to be on the spinoff show on hbo max so they're still going to have to put all that makeup and shit on him just hire richard kind what they're going to do a penguin show uh i think they're doing like a gotham pd show and it's already been confirmed that uh colin farrell's penguins gonna be part of it what a unique idea a show about gotham pd where the penguin is the major villain at least they haven't just finished doing that a couple of years ago. Yeah. But this one at least is like, is going to be tied into the movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Although, although the last time I was talking shit about them doing a spinoff show, we got Peacemaker and it's fucking great. So, yeah, uh, it was announced today. I got picked up for a second season. So if it hadn't have been oh, fucking the world should have been burned <laughs> down because it's so fucking funny. Well, they said last week that apparently it's like the number one streaming show in the world right now, which baffles me, but makes me happy at the same time. He said that was pretty much the response or what, what, what was it? Oh, that was pretty much what I would have expected to happen if somebody grabbed a wild raccoon or something. <laughs> Raccoons are hardcore. <laughs> he's just fucking, he's all cut up. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think he got picked up for season two, and then they're going to do a spinoff of that show. I don't know what of, but I don't know. I did them maybe giving Vigil- Vigilante his own show. Yeah, I don't feel like he could carry his own show, but I don't know. He's pretty great too. It's pretty great. I just I think you need everybody else around him to play it up. I, feel like I don't know. I, I would like to know what weird cloning machine they use to make a a younger Andy uh, Samberg. Because that's clearly, <laughs> it's clearly who that is. It's just his clone. It sounds like him, looks like him. It's just 20 years younger. Uh, anything else about Texas Chainsaw, Doug? <laughs> no. <laughs> After that little tangent, all good. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, that's all I watched. So it's uh, it's your turn, Brian. The only movie I watched was an accidental movie because I was just flipping around cable on and I saw on Showtime the Monster Squad was playing. Yeah, and you don't just like go past Monster Squad. So I turned it on to see where it was in the movie, 
And where it was in the movie was the very beginning where Van Helsing opens the portal and everybody gets dragged into it. So I'm like, well, that's it. Now you can watch the whole thing. I guess this is what I'm watching for the next hour and a half. So it's, it's about to become present day. So yep, present day, 1985, 87, whenever it was. And, uh, yeah. So I, I watched Mantra Squad. Probably not a whole lot I need to say about it. But then it fucking ruled like it always does. Yeah. Argue in the discussion of best movies ever made. Oh, totally. Uh, I would say yeah, even oh, if you restricted it to like uh, kids on adventures movies, I think it and Goonies would have to just slug it out. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. For me, it's not close. The inclusion of the universal monsters makes this so much better than Goonies. <laughs> Yeah, so I just sat and enjoyed for an hour and a half, smile on my face the entire time. Yeah, listening to, listen, listen to Phoebe call all the guys a bunch of chicken shits is always hilarious. <laughs> I need to order your Watch Monster Squad. I need like a right. Monster Squad chopping ball double feature one of these nights. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, you know, you know the big the big scenes coming. They're in the house. Man jumps out, and then. I almost got to say it along with him. Oh. <laughs> the Wolfman's got hurt. So I posted, I was watching that and someone was like, Oh shit. I know what's on my watch list tonight. Yeah. And I didn't know if they had ever seen it before. I'm like, have you seen it before? And they're like, yeah, but I probably haven't seen it since I was a kid. And I was like, Oh fuck. They need to rewatch it. And then I told them they had to watch yeah. the, uh, the documentary afterwards. Cause I'm like, it'll make you feel real happy about watching it when you were a kid so yeah Yeah, that documentary was solid too wasn't it yeah way better than it should have been uh can we can we be done so i can go watch monster squad (laughs) (laughs) um did we talk about murderville last week Uh, i don't know i haven't seen it i don't i don't think we did but i also watched all of that yeah as did i um so for those that haven't seen it because i had to recommend it to people because they had no clue it really came out so it's like a cop show starring will arnett is like a cheesy like burnt out detective type but then the hook is that every week he gets a brand new partner and it's always some celebrity and the celebrity's not given a script so they have to improv their entire way through the episode and then it's up to the celebrity to figure out who the killer was by the end of the episode we find out if they're right or not and uh it's pretty fantastic let me just say the fucking Sharon fucking stone is one of the guests and yeah. she fucking crushes it. Yeah. That woman great. is a beast. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't remember. I don't think she ever breaks once. No. And, and she goes with the flow of whatever's going on. It, well, yeah. And she's so fucking, she's like so sharp. Like everyone else is stumbling and improving and all that kind of stuff. And she just like makes her exaggerated Sharon Stone character. And that's just it. And then she just hits the ground rolling and just goes. Yeah. So it's always good. And of course, Will Arnett is trying to like get the guests to break or flub them up or something the entire episode. And so like the episode with him and Conan O'Brien is pretty hilarious. Because you can tell they're pretty chummy in real life. So Will Arnett's just going completely over the top trying to get him to break. And he gets him to laugh a couple times. But 
nothing super crazy. But then there is a scene with one of the other actresses on the show where Conan's talking and you see her just lose it. Like not, she's not like laughing, but she gets that giant smile on her face and has to turn away from the camera to like fucking compose herself. So it's a lot of fun. I kind of, I also like the game showy aspect at the end mm-hmm. where the, uh, the guest has to solve the crime. So they have to guess who the killer was. It lay out the reasons for it. And then they reveal if that was correct or not. <laughs> yeah. And it's so much so that like, even I'm like, you're almost trying to pay attention to see if you can pick up clues for every, cause pretty much every scene they go to, they're supposed to be picking up clues to who the killer is. And, uh, so you start looking around in the background to see if you can pick anything up and listen to what all the other people are saying and everything. So it's a some lot of, of fun. Some of the clues are so ridiculous that you're like, motherfucker. I, <laughs> if, if I was going frame by frame and pause that, I wouldn't have seen it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. I would, I would say in one sense that Ken Jong is like the worst one. Just because he fucking br- he breaks at everything, so he can't keep a straight face for nothing. Is like hysterically laughing throughout the entire episode. So. Yeah, which is funny too because that's kind of the season finale. Yeah, but, but yeah, I couldn't only- believe how funny. Uh, oh god damn it, the football player. Yeah, I don't remember his name, but he was actually pretty good. Oh, he was really fucking funny. Mm. Yeah, they're only, it's only six six episodes and they're a half an hour piece. So you can get through in about three hours. And it's uh it's pretty fun. The fucking the scene where he's like, the two way glass is missing, you have to mirror his movements exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. It really is. <laughs> uh God, I kind of hope they do another season just because I just want more ridiculous shit like that. I was trying to find the original, the British version, Mm. and I cannot find it streaming anywhere. Yeah, yeah, I'd be curious to check that out, too. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. Uh, All right. Well, I guess that's it. Next episode. Well, we're supposed to get hit by another avalanche of snow down here motherfuckers so it's making me yearn for the summertime Why do you guys, oh <laughs> you went the other way with it there yeah so it's making me yearn for the summertime and the best part of summertime when you're a kid is going to camp so we're gonna go to summer camp so we're gonna check out the burning and sleepaway camp so that means lots That's... of uh lots of dicks next week <laughs> kids in peril I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I'm just excited uh, to see that uh, that cook get killed in <laughs> sleepaway camp. <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah. So yeah. yeah well, we'll uh, we'll be using that phrase. He's deserved it by movie logic a lot next week. <laughs> <laughs> and bless you. There'll be lots of people that deserve it next week. Yeah, by the way, we're breaking another one of our rules because The Burning is uh, a movie we did on the previous podcast. But oh, is fuck it? it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone suggested I put these on the list and I was like, well, we're not supposed to do that one, but I'm still gonna. So. <laughs> I, I have never seen that one. So I don't oh, know. really? Yeah. 
You're going to see some uh, George Costanza with hair. You're going to see some uh, Fisher Stevens without his racist uh, uh, Indian makeup on. Oh. I didn't didn't think that that existed. Yeah. Uh, And then you're going to see, uh, well, some real weird shit in Sleepaway Camp. So. Well, Sleepaway Camp, I've seen a million times. Yeah, of course. I just watched it. Those sweet, sweet sequels. (laughs) Well, should have done Sleepaway Camp month. Now we're going to ruin it. I feel like Doug would have been angry if we did Sleepaway Camp month. (laughs) Not at the beginning. (laughs) Not for the first episode. Uh, I may have gotten angry as we went along. I actually do enjoy two and three just for being a complete over the top disaster that they are. It's just such a fucking tonal shift from that first movie. I don't <laughs> now return to sleepaway camp. That may have been when I started to get angry. Well, what are the last? Cause there's like four, right? There's four. They started shooting a fourth one called the survivor. Then they ran out of money. So it never came out. But if you got the uh, first aid box set, it does come on a DVD of just the scenes they shot, but they're not like edited together or anything. I'm trying to remember because four is uh, basically a clip show with a wraparound, right? No, no, four is uh, four is the fat kid who's just annoying and everybody hates. And then they, right? they they think he might what be killing thinking? people. I was thinking one of the one of the sleepaway camp movies is mostly just footage of other sleepaway camp movies. Not that I'm aware of. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I'll have to pull out my box set. Maybe that maybe that was the survivor. Maybe they tried to fashion something by putting in. Maybe flashbacks. maybe it was that they only uh, could film a small amount, so then they did everything as flashbacks. Yeah, sounds possible. They did it with uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, so why not? Garbage day. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.